0: yo 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 ladies and gents uh what's going on happy tuesday uh it's the 2nd of january as we're recording this i'm on my lunch break so here i am recording a solo podcast for you guys uh big news day today Uh, i don't know if you've seen what's happening out there but uh uh, jeffrey epstein who's been dead for four years now i want to say he killed himself in like 2019 i think um it's 2019 or 2020 it was thereabouts um well a lot of evidence uh relating to him is coming out into the public domain today it's very exciting um it's epstein if you like big day now this is evidence that has been they tried to suppress it a few times um most recently i think in, in 2019 it was uh It was ruled that it should remain sealed, that it should be redacted, um, that there were people in there who hadn't been charged with any crime. And they just, frankly, they didn't want their names out in the ether for a load of nut jobs to start turning up at their house. And I would love to say that's them being overzealous and they're just, you know, trying to protect the wealthy and influential and all that. But honestly, like, we live in a world where Alex Jones says something ridiculous on his show... And then the parents of dead children get hounded out of their hometown. Like that happened. That is the modern world is people with no credibility whatsoever. Who've been (laughs) preaching utter nonsense about like what was the big thing that Alex Jones came out with? Uh, Is it if if you're not familiar with Alex Jones, he's a a very famous sort of shock jock political uh, podcaster who does a show called Infowars. In the US, and he sort of came to prominence kind of off the back of his own stuff, but also off Joe Joe Rogan and he are are like friends from like way back. So he had been on Joe Rogan's show a few times, and I think he he probably played quite a big role in blowing him up, um, uh, pop culture wise. Um, And he came out with this, Alex Jones uh, came out with this theory or something. He was like, something to do with Obama turning the frogs gay. Some sort of, like, ridiculous uh, aspersion cast on Democrats. Vaguely left-leaning Democrats as though they were rabid Marxists who were trying to even turn the frogs gay in his town or something. It was something ridiculous like that. Um, So he has no... In my mind, he's got no credibility whatsoever. Um, And yet someone like that can come on his his podcast, his internet-only podcast, and suggest that the parents of dead kids from a school shooting were just crisis actors. And there's enough lunatics who tune into Alex Jones's show that they're like, oh, my God, Alex Jones said it. Well, it must be. Oh, uh, Julie, get me my gun and my backpack. I'm going to hunt down the crisis actors. You know, it's like off they go. So I would love to think if they just unredacted the names of innocent people, that the general population would be fine and they would take it reasonably, right? But I think we all know that that is not what would happen. (laughs) So anyway, this is a long and, you know, drawn out way of me saying that these names are now going to be released. I think there are 70 redactions um, or names that will remain uh, sealed or, or whatever um and a little bit of history for you i I wrote quite a lengthy thread about this on twitter uh this morning but this is basically this is how we've got to where we are now okay if you're interested if you want a little bit of history i'm going to take you through how we got to where we are now with these epstein names okay um because maybe you're thinking, well, hang on a second. I thought they were all sealed. I thought like everyone was always banging on about them online saying, how come none of the other names have been revealed? How come it's just Ghislaine Maxwell in jail? It's always the woman paying the price for the sins of the dirty, filthy men. Um, so let's go through it. Uh, so obviously Epstein, very famous. I don't need to tell you who he was. He's a big you know, billionaire eighty, um, And he had his own private island. Uh, and it's called Little St. James. And if you don't know where it is, it's sort of in the US Virgin Islands kind of area, not far from uh, Puerto Rico, which I can never say properly. It's one of these things I dread, like when I see it in a sentence, I'm like, I'm going to mess it up. And then it's like Koala Lumpur. I always say <laughs> Koala. I've started calling it KL now because I'm like, I just can't deal with it. You know when somebody mispronounces something and, and you look at them immediately, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> Say, say that again. <laughs> uh, so I it's KL now. Uh, Puerto Rico. I can't, I can't say it. So anyway, his island is not far from there. And it's called Little St. James. And it's about 80 acres wide. And it's very secluded, very private. Uh, and narcissistically, he called this island Little St. Jeff. Not, not Little St. James, Little St. Jeff. Uh, although the locals referred to it as paedophile island so there's that um not that private then (laughs) um anyway so by now you will be aware that you know epstein had this uh, long-term long-time on-off girlfriend called Ghislaine maxwell uh, who was uh, Robert Maxwell's daughter. And there's a lot of uh, rumours, a lot of... I mean, it seems fairly well established to me, but, you know, people still refer to it as rumours. So I guess I should play safe. Uh, that Robert Maxwell worked for Israeli intelligence. That's that's the rumour. Never proven, I don't think. Uh, it, it is alleged that he was heavily involved in Israeli intelligence. So there's that. Just bear that in mind a second. And so his daughter, Ghislaine... Is this long term on girlfriend and she lives there on this island with Jeffrey Epstein. And it is now well documented that they invited teenage girls to stay with them quite a bit, quite a lot. Um, you know, some, sometimes this would be the result of them grooming them, you know, luring them in with promises and prospects and dreams of you know come come work with us yeah come and stay on the island we'll we'll i'll tell you what we'll do we'll like work with us for a little bit we'll just get to know you a bit and then we'll shop you around to different modeling agencies this is the beginning of the rest of your life you're going to be so famous do you know claudia Schiffer do you know kate moss and that's going to be you you're so beautiful just come with it yeah don't worry about your mum and dad it's fine so sometimes it would be the result of that sort of grooming um, and then other times they would just outright hire them in as masseuses, in inverted commas. You know, come to my island. Come, come, come live on my island. You, you're so beautiful. Just come. All we we're looking for is uh, masseuses. Just you just got to give me a massage two or three times a day. Sometimes my buddies come through. Just give them a massage that's it like the world the whole island is yours you can go for a swim you can read books you can tan you can have parties all i ask is that you just give me a bit of a background oh i'm so knotted and so not like it's that sort of vibe so um so one of these masseuses uh was a 17 year old called uh, virginia roberts who claimed Later, that she was sex trafficked by uh, Ghislaine Maxwell and Epstein to sleep with uh, underage, sleep with rich and powerful men. Um, And Virginia Roberts, who then later became Virginia Dufresne, she sued Epstein specifically in December 2014 and then Ghislaine Maxwell in 2015. Um, And the case against Ghislaine Maxwell was just a single one of defamation. So just bank that for a second. I'm, I'm asking you to hold on to a little bit of information. here. So remember the Israeli intelligence thing, but then also remember that this is just a single charge of defamation tabled to Ghislaine Maxwell. So Jeffrey Epstein gets the paperwork for this and he just settles. He just pays her off. And then Ghislaine Maxwell settled. And also, interestingly, the infamous American lawyer, Alan Dershowitz, uh, he was she tried to sue him, and he tried to sue her for defamation, right? In reverse. Like, you've accused me of this, and that's against that's gonna make people think that I'm into this sort of stuff. So I'm suing you now for defamation. But he also ended up <laughs> having to settle with her, right? So his defamation thing went nowhere. And he ended up having to settle. So Epstein, Maxwell and Dershowitz all settling. Also, remember, Prince Andrew is accused in some detail of this. But he flatly denies the accusations. And he also ends up settling with Virginia Roberts, who is now Virginia Dufresne. So as we bear all of this in mind, right, I think it's safe to assume that Virginia Roberts... I think her account is fairly watertight, guys. (laughs) It's just... I mean, we may as well say that it is the facts of what took place. It's that it's got to be that watertight. I'm not saying that is definitely what happened. Allegedly, that's what took place. But also, you know, if you are Alan Dershowitz, a world famous lawyer, he represented OJ. He was in the dream team of OJ Simpson's legal guys for the murder charge. I don't know how you could get O.J. Simpson off murder and then fail to defend yourself against a, you know, a, a comparatively little case like this. Um, but I, I don't know. It's it's it feels to me like it's difficult to imagine that Alan Dershowitz, Prince Andrew, Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, all of them with their separate high priced lawyers. It's difficult to imagine that every single one of them would have, like, settles with her for millions of dollars (laughs) unless what she said was pretty watertight, right? I think that's a fair uh, conclusion to draw from, from all of that. So, next thing. With defamation and civil cases... There is obviously an awful lot of paperwork, loads of documentation, loads of evidence has to be collated, uh, transcripts, names, dates, text messages, emails, Um, because in theory, right, what your lawyers are doing. And remember, it's not just a lawyer, like, You go to a legal firm to defend yourself against this stuff or to prosecute someone or to launch a civil case. You are a whole staff behind you. You've got researchers, investigators, people collecting all of that evidence. Right. And the reason that they do that, obviously, is because your lawyers want to be able to present as much evidence to the court as possible. So the court can determine what took place. And in this scenario, who is financially liable? And, you know, just to ruin a few of your days out there, apparently sometimes that's the Queen. (laughs) Apparently, sometimes the Queen is financially liable for what took place on, quote unquote, paedophile island. I don't know if you know this or not. And again, I don't want to start anyone's year off on a a really bumpy start. But frankly, if you're a royalist, maybe this is the wrong podcast for you. But the Queen ended up paying twelve million dollars to Virginia Dufresne to settle the Prince Andrew case it is ultimately the queen who lent the money to Prince Andrew who then paid it to Virginia Dufresne to make this all go away that's the only reason Prince Andrew is walking into the church for the royal family Christmas service and not hiding out somewhere else on his own private very secluded ostracized islands type thing so yes where was I Oh, yes. Right. So back to the Maxwell case that I asked you to bear in mind, it's one single defamation case. Now, that relates to Virginia Dufresne saying that these things happened. Right. She said that Jeffrey Epstein loaned her out to rich and powerful people. But she also said Ghislaine Maxwell was a sort of mastermind. Ghislaine Maxwell would bring her in and kind of make her have sex with her and Jeffrey. And it was like she said, their whole lives revolved around sex. And um, so insofar as Virginia Giuffre's allegations are concerned, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's involvement in this is at least as much as Jeffrey Epstein. And so then Ghislaine Maxwell says that she's a liar. She says that is not what happened. Uh, And so then Giuffre sues Maxwell for defamation um now in suing Ghislaine Maxwell this is where it gets a little bit funky uh in suing Ghislaine Maxwell going through that civil case now the lawyers are starting to collect the information now the investigators are picking up the phone they're asking for certain emails to be provided to the firm so they can start looking at what actually happened so they can convince the court what took place and who is financially liable um and in that process uh, virginia dufray provided a richly detailed account dear listeners of the time that she'd spent in the employ of epstein and maxwell um and it is that deposition <laughs> that part of the process that is likely to be backed up by private plane flight logs by guest books who stayed here on what dates and and so on and it is that information that is about to surface um and some of you might be thinking you know why is this why is this evidence coming out now though specifically you know this has been years why like you said she originally sued epstein in 2015 like shouldn't this have come out before now and she sued uh, galane maxwell the year after so that was, even that was years ago you know like why, why is this only coming out so let me take you through the timeline right and then we're going to get to why this is so funny with the uh <laughs> with the uh the defamation case so um in 2015 virginia dufray sues galane maxwell and then a year later or a year into the process of being sued, Ghislaine Maxwell tries to get this whole civil case dismissed. She's like, oh, this is without merit. And, uh, you know, she said this. But then later on, she said that I don't think she's got any credibility. Why don't you just toss the whole case out? And the judge goes, uh, no, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm afraid. So then in the next few months, you know, they, they tried to do a few other manoeuvres or, or whatever. Uh, but yeah, within a year, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell has settled. With virginia roberts um but unfortunately for galaine maxwell by this time because she sued galane maxwell for defamation and provided her testimony virginia um Giffray, uh and then she says no, no i want to get the case to because of the time t- all of this information is being collated in the background all of these depositions these transcripts of the depositions are being submitted to the court and logged and tracked and so all of the evidence is now locked away in a court cupboard. <laughs> and it's, like, it's, it's probably not the lesson that you should be learning from all of this, guys. It's probably not the takeaway that we should be gleaning. Uh, but I think it's worth noting. I think it's worth that we just take note of this for a second. Should you ever find yourself in a situation where you are accused of a hideous crime? It's probably better if you just keep your fucking mouth shut than call your accuser a liar. It's just for the best. If you just sit there and just say, no comment. I want to speak to my lawyer. Where's my lawyer? I just want to. That's why they do that. Because if you come out and say, I don't know what this bitch is talking about. She's yeah, she's a liar. Look at her. She's got no credibility. God, what a loser. You know, if you say that stuff and then they go, they go through the process and lengthen it out. Start submitting evidence. I mean, eventually that stuff is going to come out, right? Um, because what this sounds like, let me just—I'll break it down to you guys, like brass tax, right? What it sounds like, and I'm not a lawyer, uh, so just bear that in mind, along with the other two things. Um, but how this reads to me is like if if Ghislaine Maxwell had not given Virginia Dufresne cause for defamation then the deposition would not have been recorded subsequent researchers wouldn't have gone looking for backup evidence to back up the deposition that was then transcripted and locked away in the court cupboards and Ghislaine Maxwell as a result might not have spent her third Christmas behind bars if she had just settled from the outset anyway um so Where was I? So there's these recorded names and dates and we assume flight logs um, and they were supposed to be released in 2019, but they were kept sealed. Um, But then more recently, last month, Judge Loretta Presker ruled that there can be no legal justification for keeping this secret any longer, having given all parties ample time to appeal. And so where are we now? Now we're in a situation where. You know, the names of ex presidents, uh, it's rumored, uh, ex prime ministers, um, owners of entire French hotel chains, uh, prominent lawyers, academics, investors. All of these people now will likely be revealed to the world, and the world will know that it's probably (laughs) watertight that they were on the island, okay? (laughs) All of these names are about to be shown to everyone and we're going to know that they were there. And for some, that's going to be relatively painless. It's not going to be a huge problem for some of them. You think, I mean, unless there's some, you know, insane MAGA, Cap, Alex Jones fans out there, which there probably will be. So maybe it won't be that painless. But, you know, I would imagine in a perfect world, if your name is pub- like, comes out that it was on the flight log, Like, it would be embarrassing to have your name on there with all the context that goes around it. But ultimately, you know, if you were a chef or head of security for a billionaire, you know, it's not going to be shocking to anyone that you flew out to his home with him. You know, that would make sense. You'd be like, yeah, I was head of his personal security details. So obviously I spent a lot of time with him, right? That was the fact that you're on the flight log isn't, that's shocking. It's not a big reveal or anything. But if you were one of these people. I would expect that you would be out in front trying to get ahead of this scandal, trying to get ahead of your name appearing on it. You know, like a, an interview in People magazine. Where well, you lie? Yeah, I was, uh, I was Epstein's chef. I was, I was, uh, I was. I spent a lot of time at all of his properties. I, I always cooked his favorite meals, and, uh, and no, I, I never saw anything. Uh, but my name will definitely be on, on the flight logs. It, it, it will. You know, like something like that. Because then at least it looks like you're not running away from the allegations. You know, you've got nothing to hide. You're holding up your hands, and you're preparing people so that then when the big reveal comes, people are like. Oh, yeah. No. Well, we know about him already. You know, it's like it's less shocking. Or maybe, you know, I found a new story earlier where there's actually it is his chef, right, where uh, it's in the Daily Mail. It says pressure piles on Prince Andrew to speak to the FBI after British celebrity chef who worked for Epstein for four years fully cooperates with probe. That is a nice headline. If your name is going to come out on the flight logs, that's the sort of headline that you want. You want, you want, like, he's fully cooperating. Yeah, and he's, he's holding his hand, you know? That's the way you get ahead of a story, guys. Um. So, for some, it's going to be relatively painless. But for others, though, uh, today is going to definitely be something of a pinch point in their lives. <laughs> and their marriages, no doubt. Today's going to be as significant to their marriage... As their wedding day i think <laughs> for totally inverse reasons um it's t- today is going to be the moment where after years of denials it is going to be shown to be more likely than not that they did visit the island that they said they never did okay and it's going to be at precisely the same time as virginia dufray originally alleged So who is that likely to be? Let's talk about that for a second, shall we? Who is likely to be revealed? So I don't think I'm going to win any, like, you know, new scoop prizes for saying this, but Bill Clinton is a name who has been banded about. Now he's... There's real, like, gale force winds going on here. I'm so sorry if you can hear that. Um, and if you can't hear that, I'm so sorry that you've just had to listen to me say there's real gale force winds here, bloop. But blah. Um, uh, but anyway... So, Bill Clinton, right, he's flatly denied that he's ever set foot on paedophile island. (laughs) I've never been there in my life. But then he did also swear blind that he never had sex with that woman, didn't he? So, you know, I'm not sure Bill Clinton is 100% believable. Um, I mean, I'm also not saying he lacks... The same credibility that Alex Jones... He's not quite on Alex Jones' level. He's not talking about gay frogs yet. But I'm just saying, integrity-wise, I'm not sure if we can 100% believe everything that Bill Clinton says. Um, So he's denied for years that he's ever set foot on uh, Little St. Jeff. Now, if it is revealed today that he did indeed visit Little St. James at the time that sexually trafficked minors were being paid to have sex with powerful individuals there if that comes out after years of him lying that he's been there you have to ask yourself why would bill clinton lie about that you <laughs> know and i look i keep saying this i'm not a lawyer i really i cannot stress that enough guys i'm not a qualified lawyer but just bill if if you're watching if you're listening honestly like why would you like? I'm not sure there's a nice answer to that. I'm not sure there's a positive end <laughs> to that exchange if you feel the need to answer me. Um, like I said this on Twitter the other day, I was like, when Bill Clinton li- uh, lies, when Bill Clinton denies uh, having ever set foot on paedophile island, if it then comes out that he did set foot on the island, it's. It's, it's echoing a thing that i saw of jimmy savile years and years ago uh this is before he died and it's always stayed with me uh it was like a bbc interview or some sort of maybe it was an itn like news thing or something and they asked him something about a school in jersey right now remember this is before all of the savile stuff came out so i was just i'm just blind to all of that watching this and they asked him something about a school in Jersey very innocently. And he just said, he was like, oh, I don't know. I've I've never been there like that. Really flippant about it. Very dismissive. And the journalist was like, no, no, look, look, like we've got, look, it's a picture. It's a picture of you like right there. You are there. But he was, be- again, he's being really innocent. He wasn't, it wasn't like gotcha journalism. There was nothing about nonsense or anything. It was just like, oh, no, no, look, look, you are there. Look, it's a, it's a picture. And then he sort of uh like relaxed a bit in terms of the denial he was like, all oh, right oh I, I don't have any recollection of that like he was really like that's a terrible accent for jimmy savile i'm sorry uh i i can only do like one <laughs> one generic northern accent um but it was just really interesting t- to me and it's always stayed with me the way that he responded to that is like you were at this school in jersey in the 70s and he says no i've never been there in my life and then they say, no, look, you have been there. Here you are in the picture. And he goes, oh, well, I don't have any recollection of that. And it that weirded me out when I first saw it. And I was like, there's something about that that bothers me. But I was so sort of green and innocent, firstly to news and secondly to Savile, because who the fuck knew anything about Savile at that point? But since then, and since the Savile stuff exploded, it made me think I am always going to trust my gut on stuff like that. Like the second that I get a, a tiny inkling, a sniff of a red flag, I'm going to totally trust it because I didn't at that moment. And I'm not saying I could have, you know, blown the case. You know, I didn't. <laughs> I wasn't running a podcast or like really doing anything newsy at the time. But um, uh, but it did make me think like, you know, if I could pick up on that at the time. Firstly, why couldn't the journalist? Like, why didn't whoever that was in that footage go like that was weird, you know? And follow it up and investigate it more. Maybe they did. Maybe it was Panorama, and they were just like, "Oh, we did try to investigate it, Aid." But the BBC shut it down. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on. This one isn't about uh, Saville. Um, so, where did I get to? What were we talking about? Epstein? Oh, Bill Clinton. That's right. That's where we got to. So, um, so yeah. So with Bill Clinton denying that he's ever set foot on there and then if his name does appear on the flight logs going into that island i think he's in a world of trouble um as would be hillary clinton really even though it's not her even though she wasn't with him it's going to be so embarrassing and toxic that it could potentially just end her career like people will not want to be associated with hillary clinton knowing that she probably knew or you know like it's just this there's an ickiness to it at that point she'll have to change her name um so i mean the grooming and the sexual abuse with this is you know is the key thing isn't it that is that is the story is like it's not kidnapping of children but it is like you know it's grooming it's luring it's power dynamics it's prostitution it's trafficking uh blackmail um I mean, we can't lose sight of the fact that that is that is the key thing here. Uh, I mentioned on Twitter earlier that it's, you know, it's a story that is harrowing of people's callousness and that the survivors involved, excuse me, uh, they may never recover from the way that they were treated by Ghislaine Maxwell and Epstein. Um, But if I can drag your attention away from that element that key core component of this just for a moment because much of what is written about epstein adopts a sort of narrative of evil doesn't it you know they they perpetuate this idea that he was just this evil lone wolf bad apple don't they or at least that's my perception of how they report about this uh, I saw a Mirror article earlier where they called him a depraved billionaire, which of course he was, but that's sort of misses. Like to me, this is all very simplistic. And it's not a very helpful read of what's actually taken place or what has seemingly taken place. Uh, because like when when Epstein was found, when they arre- uh, arrested him, uh, they found hundreds of thousands of images videos you know data discs that you put into a computer and then it would play a video like it would have like the name of the girl plus the name of the powerful or influential uh guy right like so um uh, oh and also there was this other accuser uh, not virginia juffray but different one who said that she was shown in the new york townhouse she was shown uh, a media room uh where like all of these screens and it, you could see like where the cameras were and these cameras appeared to be, by her estimation, these are cameras uh, appeared to be set up to record compromising situations. Uh, there's an article on CBS News. It says Jeffrey Epstein accuser says his house had cameras monitoring private moments. I um, know it just wasn't New York, by the way, like it was everywhere. It was like all of his houses worldwide for years. <laughs> he was running this. And the simple story of good v. evil, you know, would lead us to believe that this is a guy who's just he's a bit of a baddie. He did some bad things, but now he's dead. So let's all move on. You know, that's the good v. evil narrative It's very simplistic. But the likely truth. In my mind, is just harder to accept. You know. The truth of it, I think. And, you know, a lot of people would agree with me with this is that Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell were running an international honey trap operation and it was probably for Israeli intelligence and the game was like this is this is what they were up to is that they would lure powerful people to the island or the New York townhouse or the Florida place or like, wherever they would lure them to these properties under the guise that it would be, you know, we're going to socialise, uh, we're going to have debates, um, there'll be investment talk, and we're going to network with each other. And uh, and then they would have left, you know, a day or two later, having compromised themselves with teenagers, right? And then you have to wonder, like, what would happen at that point? Like, they would get a call from Jeffrey Epstein as they're just pulling into their driveway in upstate New York somewhere. Like, hey, it's... Uh, yeah, it's Jeff. Uh, listen, do uh, you remember the bill that we talked about? Well, I'm going to need you to make a few amendments to that. I, I need you to make it do this and uh, tweak that bit. And uh, yeah, if you don't do this, your wife and kids are going to see you double-teaming Virginia. How, how do you feel about that? Yeah, you work for me now. Like, I think that's what the game was. And there was a guy... I remember reading about this ages ago. Um, He was a... Uh, a CEO or like the chairman or owner of a very successful, I want to say lingerie brand, but maybe it wasn't lingerie. Maybe it's just clothes or something. He's really wealthy, this guy. And he basically signed over that New York townhouse property to Jeffrey Epstein. And it was worth like a hundred million dollars or something. And he just gave it to him. (laughs) Like, why would anybody give a hundred million dollars to someone else unless you know in in extreme circumstances you know like you inherited it through a will or it's to give to your wife because of some tax mitigation thing like that makes sense why would one man who just has a business relationship with the other guy just go yeah just have have my house it's fine like set alarm bells ringing so yeah to me like it's like you know they found these data disks with videos on with different names on them uh there's cameras in all these rooms this other accuser says that she saw a media room where you could monitor private situations uh and it just said like to me it makes me go okay well look it's a honey trap right but where did that blackmail start and stop dear listeners you know when you're talking about presidents and former prime ministers And uh, CEOs, you know, where did blackmail start and stop in this honey trap operation? Like how compromised was or is Western liberal democracy? If a president or a prime minister could be forced to pursue policy X or policy Y for fear that a humiliating, life changing video might surface. And their wife and kids might see it or their political party or their investors. You know, what could you get a president or a prime minister to do to avoid that happening? And so when I consider this, like how warped and uh, uh, mutilated Western liberal democracy could have been as a result of this, I wonder, like, is there an element with the Epstein story? Is there an element of as gross as the simple story is is it actually more palatable than the alternative <laughs> you know <laughs> which is that your country as you know it and the west as we know it is just a completely different thing than we actually thought it was you know could the truth be that britain and america may have been hugely corrupted you know and that the last 20 years of geopolitics could well have been colored And the last point that i want to make just on on this topic is my sort of fear really of what the simplistic story does you know what it does to the modern political discourse if we ignore the spying uh narrative you know if we don't discuss the underlying apparatus that may have been supporting Jeffrey Epstein or the causes that he may have been seeking to perpetuate and support himself by running this game. Uh, the, fakes, the fake passports that they found that is safe, uh, the cameras in all of the rooms, the, the the whole Honey Trap thing, right? Like if we ignore the Honey Trap spying kind of angle to it, actually what we do is we give space to the idea that the Clintons <laughs> and, and co were all, they were all attendees of some Pizzagate pedo ring bollocks, you know? Like, put simply for you, dear listeners, if it wasn't a spy op, if it wasn't surveillance and blackmail, then it must have just been billionaires and presidents Having sex with children because they're all evil Satan worshipping Marxists or something, you know? And now we really do get into the uh the Alex Jones InfoWars conspiracy theory stuff. It gives by ignoring the spying element and the what I think is the most realistic explanation of what took place, by ignoring that, you give oxygen to what we should playfully refer to as QA nonsense. Um so yeah, I don't know, man. Like as these names begin to uh, begin to surface today, it's it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be really interesting for Trump fans, I think, <laughs> for the MAGA nutjobs jobs out there. It's going to be a, a hard day for the red caps, for the for the, the, the very few of them who are still capable of doing mental gymnastics. Um, it's going to be a, a tricky day for them because if if And it is an if still at this stage, if or when Donald Trump's name appears on a flight log. I mean, how will the QAnon conspiracy theory lot like the guys who are obsessed with like Pizzagate and billionaires and paedophiles and all of that stuff? How are they going to square their support of Donald Trump? Through the circle of the reality that Donald Trump himself may have attended 37 kid fucking orgies. Do you know what I mean? Like, how are they going to square that circle? I mean, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. They'll find a way. Absolutely. Um, I mean, as I said, as I said on my Twitter thread earlier, like, uh, you know, they looked the other way when Trump was being sued by a woman who claimed that he and Epstein had raped her when she was 13 she that was the case she was suing him and epstein for that having happened and the only reason that she withdrew that case that the whole thing went cold is because she was terrified of what was going to happen to her so says the guardian um it says woman had alleged that trump and billionaire jeffrey epstein raped her in 1994 Uh, accusers attorney filed voluntary dismissal trump had denied the accusations and God knows where that woman is now. Um, but, you know, Republicans didn't leave his side then, did they? <laughs> they didn't leave his side last year when he was successfully sued by... Is it Eugene Carroll, I want to say? The lady uh, who sued him for being liable for a rape that was committed back in... I wonder, is it the 80s or early 90s or something? Um, so... You know they didn't leave his side then either so if they're not going to leave his side when he was sued for this stuff involving a 13 year old and they're not going to leave his side for the grab him by the p word and they're not going to leave his side for having been sued for everything else i don't suppose this is really going to make much much difference is it but i mean the, the only ambiguity of this to my mind is what is going to be a wriggle out like how are they going to justify to themselves that they continue to support this guy when they've made such a song and dance about drag queens sexualizing children just for reading them a story and then it turns out that their boy has done you know allegedly maybe possibly done awful things with literally done them himself with children how are they going what is the psychological gymnastic maneuver that they're going to do? are they going to say that it's been doctored are they going to say it's a mid-journey deep fake of flight logs or maybe they're going to say i know what they're going to do right they're going to say yeah he was on the plane yes he was there with jeffrey epstein but he only went to paedophile island to try and shut it down. <laughs> I reckon that'll be it. They'll be like, okay, look, he was there. He was there. But he only went to just wag his finger and tell Jeff that this was just not on. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? What, what do you think the excuse is going to be when it does turn out? Or if it turns out? I've got to be really careful here. If it turns out that... Uh, Donald Trump has flown (laughs) on the Epstein Express. What was it they called it? Did they call it the Lolita Express? I'm I'm sure I remembered that. That was the name for his aeroplane. I mean, how anyone can plead anything close to ignorance with this? Like, well, I didn't know what he was up to on the island. I didn't know, like, I just invested with him. I didn't know what he was up to. You know, everyone calls his plane the Lolita Express. Everyone calls his island paedophile island. He's already been convicted of having sex with underages by the point that Bill Gates is still hanging out with. Like, there's no excuse for ignorance with any. Oh, it seemed like an all right guy to me. Like, What? I don't know. Anyway, guys, that's it for this one. Uh, Do stick around uh, for the Friday Night Guest Show. Can't remember who I've got on it this week, uh, but I booked a load of guests for January and February, so um, hopefully it's someone interesting. Um... And uh, yeah, if you're enjoying the show, if you're enjoying the punk politics in the morning, paper reviews and stuff, do consider joining my new YouTube community. You can click the join button just below this video. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, just know that all of the podcasts go out to YouTubers, like who are in the community, or Patreons. If you want to go to patreon.com forward slash aid Thompson. All of the podcast episodes, they go out to supporters first, if you like. So, yeah, Um, that's it for this one, guys. Take care of yourselves. Until next time, I'm out this Mother Hubbard.